Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We've been looking at um, trusting God. This is a part of the life that pleases God. I started this last week, and I said I would continue on this week, so we will continue on. Um, let me begin reading in verse 25. That's where this... St- in fact, you know what? No. Let me go back one more verse, because it was... I, just, I was looking at it and thinking, we should have gone back one verse. There's something interesting here because this is linked to verse 24. Remember verse 24. Let's begin in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, where he says, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Listen. He says, for either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, then he goes on to say, therefore I say unto you. See, that's where the therefore is therefore. (laughs) Okay? Because he's just gone from saying, listen, you you can't trust God and money or mammon. Do you understand? He's saying you you either trust God or you trust your money. You can't do both. And that's why he goes on to say, therefore... I say to you, do not worry about your life. Because when we do wor- worry about our life, we go to money. Come on now. Can we just be honest right now? I don't want any super spirituals here today. Okay? <laughs> just be honest, all right? Because, yes, but brother, we do. Yes, but God knows you, know, you need that. We're going to find that out in a minute. The whole point of this is, remember I told you that, you know, Jesus, by saying what he said in verse 24... He basically put God and money on the same level. Remember, he he said you can't serve what? Two masters. Did you you hear that? So I I really need you to get this. He's, he's, He's trying to make a point here. He's saying no one can serve two masters. You'll either serve one and hate the other one, or you'll despise, you know, you'll you'll love one and you'll despise the other one. What is it? Where, you know, who are you serving? And so Jesus goes on to now talk about this. He says, therefore, so I want you to hear the therefore linked to the previous verse. Okay? And when he says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. When you worry about your life, you you begin to serve the wrong master. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. I'd love to jump ahead, but I don't want to. All of me wants to jump ahead, but I have to discipline myself here. Okay? <laughs> he says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, what, uh, uh, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Again, he's saying money can't look after everything. There are some things that this world says we can't help you with that. You know, incurable things. and You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, there are some things your money can't help you with. But God will and God can. And the problem is if we learn to trust money more than God, then when we hit one of those things, you, know, you know, bumps in the road in our life, what happens is we go, you know, on the surface we trust God, but at the end of the day, we kind of go, can we afford that? Do we have enough money to get us out of that? Can money get us out of that? Are you all with me? Now listen. 
Thank God for doctors. Thank God for all the help in this world. But can I say this to you? It's better sometimes to not have help than get the wrong help. You know, people have left things in people when they sew them up. <laughs> okay? You know, what you want is for God to guide you. See, it isn't about totally cutting yourself off from the world. Listen to me. It is about allowing God to guide you to the right people that will look after you. Things that you have no knowledge about. The way God will send somebody for lunch when you turn up. So that the right person is there for you. Are you all with me? You know, there, there are so many miracles that, that can take place that you don't even have any idea. But because you prayed before you left. Because you said, God, I'm just, you know, I'm just committing all this to you. I'm casting this care on you. I'm going to go, be going out there. I need you to look after me while I'm out there. I need you to you know, put me in touch with all the right people. Get the right help. All of that stuff. See, some people think, oh, well, if I can't believe for a miracle, you know, right here and now, then what's the point of praying? <laughs> you better pray. There's so many things that can go wrong along the way. Amen? See, again, you know, rather than putting your trust in money, and when we get there, we'll just pay and we'll, we'll throw dollar bills around and somebody will help us. It's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> listen, I'm all into paying people, but I want to pay the right people. Amen? And that's where you trust God, and that's where God then directs your path. And you get the help that you need. Let's continue. You know, I know you know all this stuff. But I'm here to remind you, okay? Humor me. All right, so. This, we dealt with this last week, so I need to move on. So again, um, he says there, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food, body more than clothing. Verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. They don't have bank accounts. <laughs> okay, all right? Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, no, are you not of more value than they? He's asking a question. Now, we looked at this last week. I'm not going to look at it again. And then he goes on to say, listen, he says, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single, single hour to his life? This is from the NIV, okay? The uh, New King James says, Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his touch? I don't know. Nobody knows what that means. All right? So he says, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? So, verse 28, why do you worry about clothing? See, your, your worries let people know where your heart is. Right. Amen. Amen. And he says, consider or examine with care. Learn from the lilies of the field how they grow. Ne uh, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And then he says, now if God so clothed, clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So ident I, he identifies a problem now. Verse 31, which is where I left you, which is where I'll pick up. <laughs> okay? He says, therefore, do not worry now saying. I, I brought this up before. He, you've gone from worrying inside 
to now verbalizing your worry on the outside, which is a problem. That's dangerous. Because as you begin to speak things out of your heart, things begin to happen. You know, <laughs> the first two courses we're going to be doing in Bible college is going to be uh, faith and prayer. Because I thought you guys need that most. <laughs> okay? They are the two things, they are two pillars in our life. Amen. And one of the things, you know, you learn in, uh, regarding faith is that you create by what you say. You don't realize it, but God made us in his image and his likeness. And God said, and it happened. And you said, and guess what? I told you it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, sweetheart, you did prophesy it. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it came to pass. Now, he says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? So again, we've now transitioned from thinking to saying. All right? And I want to look at this now because although this verse is similar to verse 25, when you get to the place where you begin to verbalize things, you begin to establish them in your life. This is the reason why it's so important that you establish the right things in your life. You verbalize, you speak out things that you desire. See, I think one of the problems that we're having right now, let me just digress. Let me just take, take a minute here. We're going to go to Luke 645 if you want to bring that up. But one of the things that we need to do is, you know, I talked about this last week, and I want to sort of touch on it a little bit this week, is our inner dialogue. There's a difference between us knowing the right answer and us knowing the right answer, <laughs> okay? So I know when I'm around my uh, faith brothers and sisters, <laughs> how are you? Well, I'm fine in Jesus' name. Okay, when I'm not around, God, I feel like, I'm going to die. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a strange looking, <laughs> whatever, okay? You know, I'm just, I'm just talking to you right now. Because, you know, and, and then, and, you know, and we go to our prayer and we're, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm healed. See, now we need to watch. What is going on here? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Don't let that man think that he's going to receive anything from the Lord. And the problem is we don't know when we're double-minded. That's the problem. We think we're single-minded. How are you going with your confession? Oh, yes, brother. I'm right there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Look at me, devil. Come and get me. <laughs> you know, and, and, then, and then on the inside, in those times when nobody's looking and you're by yourself and everything settles, what's happening right then? That's, that is what you need to look at. Once the dust settles, what are you saying? Are you all with me? Now listen, it's going to take a while for when the dust settles for your default. Can I use this word? You all understand the word? Oh, is that not? Yeah, can, can I use it? For your default position to be, it'll be okay. God's looking after it. That's your default. And for that to get there, you need a lot of this. Okay, you need to hear and 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 hear until faith comes. 
Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. We should write a song on that. But, <laughs> okay, listen, it, you, it, faith doesn't come by heard. <laughs> oh, well, bless, bro. Oh, thank you, brother. I heard that. <laughs> that tells me everything I need to know. I can see why your life is in a mess. It's not about heard. It's about hearing. Do you know that's present? Do you know why? Because faith is present. Okay? It doesn't say faith was or faith's going to be. Faith is. Amen? So if faith is, then hearing also is. I know it's really bad English. I need you to get it, but that's why you need to be hearing, not have heard. The hearing does something. Just like the drinking will help you. Some, you know, some guy in the desert, and he's been there 40 days. I use that advisedly, okay? And you say, you want some water? Oh, no, brother, I drank. You better drink now. Drinking will help you. Drank won't do anything. Uh, you're going, oh, this is so basic. I know. And we still miss it. Moving on. I'll move on. I'll be kind. All right, Luke 645. Jesus says this, hear it, for out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. Whatever is in your heart, your mouth will let us know what's in there. And not, not all, again, not the stuff that you want us to hear, but the stuff that's really going on. That's the stuff that actually begins to, when you are speaking from that place, let's go to uh, Mark eleven twenty-three. All right. Let's go there for a minute. Let me just show you something here. You know this verse. You know this verse. But do you know this verse? <laughs> right? Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus says, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says, believes that those things which he says, believes that those things which he says, will be done or shall come to pass. He will have that stuff. Did you get that? Yeah. That's what you will have. The more we verbalize our problems, listen to me, the more mountains we build into our lives. <laughs> okay? When Jesus is saying to do the exact opposite and remove them, we keep building more. Can we just get to the place, family, where we're beginning to remove mountains from our life? Speak to them. Don't create them. Leon Morris writes this. He says, it is a condition of our life here and now that we work for our daily bread. You know, God doesn't like a lazy person, okay? Yeah, but I'm living by faith. Yes, you work by faith as well. <laughs> okay? All right. But here, uh, excuse me, but there is all the difference in the world between doing this in anxiety and fear and doing it in trust in a loving father. Did you get that? See, it is what's going on inside while we're doing what we're doing on the outside that actually matters. Are we anxious or are we in that place of thank you, God? Not only are you looking after me 
in what I'm doing, but you will help me do my very best wherever I go. You will anoint my hands. You will anoint everything about me so that what I'm doing will bless people tremendously beyond what they can ask or think. Do you know you will become a blessing to other people? Amen. And we need to be the maximum blessing we can, not just as little as we can give. See, that's something else we need to learn to do. Because the whole principle of sowing and reaping is, you know, it's, it's dependent on how you do what you do. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Look, we're getting to a verse that's going to talk about seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I'm talking to you about that right now. Let's keep going. Let me get to that. Uh, I'm so close to it. All right. Verse 32. For after all these things, I'm back in Matthew 6, by the way. Matthew 6, 32. He says, for after all these things, the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. Now I've got a really long quote here, but I want to give you one little bit off of it, okay? <laughs> uh, Hendrickson says this. I, I really love this. Actually, you know what? Let me give it to you. He says, naturally, the Gentiles who do not acknowledge any heavenly Father and are in complete ignorance concerning the promise... Uh, of far superior spiritual realities set their hearts on and worry about food and clothing. Christ's followers are to be entirely different. We are to be entirely different. They must trust and not be afraid because so loving is the Heavenly Father toward His children, and this is the part I wanted to read to you, that His very knowledge of their needs makes it certain that He will also provide. If he knows, he'll provide. And guess what? He does know. You need to know he knows. Because it's a dumb prayer when somebody goes, God, you don't know. <laughs> See, right in there, you just messed up. Like God's going to go, oh, when did that happen? I didn't get a memo. <laughs> okay? Listen, he knows stuff even before it happens. In fact, that's the reason why he'll get you to pray when it's inconvenient because that's the time to stop whatever was coming your way. And we were trying to decide whether we're in the mood to pray or not. You better be. <laughs> Listen, if you pray when God tells you to pray, then a lot less will come your way. That rhymes. Bad stuff, okay? <laughs> All right? Because it's amazing how somebody might be thinking about doing something. At that moment, God says, this is a bad thing. Pray now. And you begin to pray, and they go, you know what? No, you know, that's not a great idea. Let's just move on. And that, that just that one moment saved you all kinds of grief. Because once a stone drops in a pond, waves begin. It's never one event. It, it has an effect that... Oh, everything around it now begins to be affected by it. Anyway. All right. I've said to you, in other words, whenever we worry about food and clothing, we show ourselves to be no different to those people that are without God. And one of the reasons why Hebrews 10.38 says, but the just or my righteous ones will live by faith. Now, I want you to notice he says righteous. I want you to remember that word because we're going to tag that word. All right? He says, but the just or my righteous one will live by faith, and if he or she shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him or her. 
Okay, so if you back off, God's not happy. Do you know why? Can I just say why? Listen, we need to get this. It isn't, this isn't about, oh, God's going, oh, they don't have faith. Oh, I am so upset. They don't have faith. I'm upset. I'm upset they don't have faith. It's not what's going on here. This is God saying, I've got something for you. Trust me. And he's about to give it to you. He's about to bless you. And you turn off, turn around and walk away. That's what upsets him. That's what causes a problem. That's why he gets disappointed because he is a father. Remember what we read before. His very knowledge of their need makes it certain that he will also provide. He's got the provision. He's ready to give it to you. You decided that God doesn't care. You decided there's no provision. You decided, well, I've got to go find another way of doing this. You, you stopped trusting God and you went to the other master. Are you getting this? That's why he's disappointed. Not because, you know, you let him down. <laughs> Some people preach it like that, you know. Like God's this, this insecure person up there. That if you don't worship him, if you don't praise him enough, he just gets all down and, you know, <laughs> doing nothing for you because you didn't praise me today. <sighs> wow. Do you know all that stuff is for us? He doesn't need your praise. He's got angels, seraphim and cherubim. Seraphim are the Air Force. Cherubim are the ground troops. <laughs> okay, He's got them around his throne worshiping him. Are you kidding me? You worry about your little hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. When they're doing that, it's not for him. We, we really need to understand this. It's not for him. It's all for you. It's all so that you can be still and know that he is God. In other words, he's got the provision. He loves you. He will look after you. Let him. Just let him. Amen? Let's go to verse 33. I've got Hebrews eleven six 6 here. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Because it says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and, and that he is a rewarder. So you need to know he's there and he's got it for you. Amen? And why Jesus then goes on to say, but seek first the kingdom of God and watch his righteousness. Remember I told you to keep a tab on that, wor that word before? But my righteous one will live by faith. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added to you. Psalm 37 verse 25 says, I have been young and now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. He didn't say the unrighteous. Let's stop for a second, shall we? Because there was Saul, <laughs> who was also a believer, who wasn't very righteous. Today, we're in a new covenant. Today, our righteousness is of God. Hallelujah. And we need to, and you know, if you ever slip in that area, see, this is what a lot of people don't, I love 1 John 1, 9. I mean, that is my scripture, <laughs> okay? And I just, I just hold on to it, <laughs> okay? Because we, we really don't understand what that verse says. 
If the body of Christ got a revelation of that verse, we'd be so much further than we are today. This is the apostle nobody could kill, writes this thing down. He gives us some insight into something that is incredible, that takes all the advantage the devil tries to get on you away. I mean, he just loses everything every single time you apply that one little verse. If we confess, if we acknowledge our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Listen, didn't finish there. And because people think, oh, thank you, God, you've forgiven me. No, 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 it didn't finish there. And what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which gets us back to being not just righteous, but perfectly righteous. Not them dirty rags one. Okay, but a perfect righteousness. I, I, yes, it says righteousness, and, and you all got it right, okay? I like to use the word perfect in front of it because that's what it is. It is a perfect righteousness. It means that there is absolutely nothing that the devil can point to. Absolutely nothing. I mean, when it's perfect, it's perfect. You all understand? When you look at something and go, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> you know, it's perfect. That is where you get back to whenever you make a mistake. If you use 1 John 1, 9, you get back to being righteous. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. And then you go to God and go, I'm here. <laughs> I messed up, but I did the 1 John 1, 9. We're here. You promised to forgive and to cleanse. And I received both. Hallelujah. And you're also going to help me not do that again. <laughs> Amen. Anyway. Hallelujah. Let's move on. Notice the, the, the verb seek. But seek first the kingdom of God. I want to look at that word for a minute. It means, listen carefully. I love this. Being absorbed in the search for. Being absorbed in the search for. Listen, and a persevering and strenuous effort to obtain. I wonder how many of us do this. You know, we are absorbed in all the wrong things. I'm making a very general statement here, okay? I'm not talking about you, but I'm, it's a royal we, okay? It's amazing how, how much people are absorbed in things, and they're thinking about things, and the one thing that they should be thinking about, they're not thinking about. And the things they shouldn't be thinking about, they think about all the time. <laughs> okay? And so, in a sense, they are seeking in the wrong direction. And expect the rest of the verse to come to pass. You can't seek, you know, over here and be absorbed in all your problems and all your worries and everything else and expect... The latter half which is, and all these things shall be added to you. It doesn't work that way. Listen. A part of your righteousness is to seek God first. That is the right thing to do. It's right thinking and right action. Do you all understand what I'm trying to say? Okay. That's what this, I, again, I, I know you guys know this, but I need to tell it to you again. All right. God's telling me to teach this, so I'm teaching it. 
<laughs> okay? I, I, you know, I need you to understand this has to do with your mind, with your heart, with your direction. Make sure you're going in the right direction. Seek first. Be absorbed in. Search for. Persevere. Do you know strenuous effort to obtain? I think about, <laughs> you know, when you're trying to reach something that's just out of reach, you know, it fell behind the, the fridge or something. And, you know, rather than move the fridge, intelligent people do that. Me, I just, I can get there. <laughs> okay? You know, strenuous. We really make an effort to try to get to something. How many of us actually do that? I think a lot of times we're not really making that much of an effort. It's like, oh, well, God, if you want me to have it, I'll have it. If not, I won't. Who's heard that one? <laughs> okay? You just, you just have this kind of attitude of, yeah, it, it'll fall on my head if I'm meant to have it. And yet, Jesus says, seek. Make an effort. Go after these things. Ask. Seek. Knock. We need to do something. Amen? All right. Meaning that, as our highest priority, we are to be firstly constantly seeking, persevering, and, and absorbed in the search for the kingdom of God, not any personal needs, and secondly, strenuously making every effort to walk by faith in His righteousness without compromise, can I add. In addition to all this, the Apostle Paul goes further to define what the kingdom of God is. Now, in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, Romans 14, 17, he says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's a real key thing. It's not just that stuff. It's in the Holy Spirit. That's the third course <laughs> that I've got going for Bible college which is the Holy Spirit and His gifts. Because that is the power that we need in our life. Amen? So I've said you notice in this verse that righteousness is actually a part of the kingdom of God along with peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with our righteousness. I've spoken to you about this before in Isaiah 64, 6 that says there are like filthy rags, but the righteousness which is from God by faith. That's in Philippians Chapter 3 and verse 9, okay? It's by faith. Further, it is a righteousness that is both of... Now, this is important. Catch this, all right? It is a righteousness that is both uh, of both legal standing, things that don't break man's law, okay? And of ethical conduct, things that don't break God's law. You know, sometimes you can be... You, know, you can do the right thing by man's law and, you know, ethically... It's a little bit, mm. yeah, but the law says I can do it. Yeah, but you shouldn't. There's some things that you just shouldn't. doesn't matter what the law says. Don't look for loopholes. Don't look for ways of getting out of the blessing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the New Living Translation gives us a slightly different perspective, and I like this one as well. It's different, but I like it. Of uh, Romans 14, 17, again, the New Living Translation says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness, that's righteousness, and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. A life of goodness. 
you know, we just need to be good people. Some Christians are very difficult. <laughs> okay? It makes it very hard to walk in love. And they expect you to walk in love towards them. They know enough Bible to manipulate you, but not enough to do it themselves. Did I just answer somebody's question? Anyway. <laughs> Notice here the aspect of the kingdom of God. I'm just trying to work out what I can do now because I only have three minutes left. This is not going to be three minutes. All right. <laughs> Notice here the aspect of the kingdom of God that involves living a life of goodness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Meaning that this life is only possible if you are filled with the Spirit. Now, we, need to, we really need to get this. Go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We might have to come back to this. Sorry. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, verse 8. See, we're not just to get saved. Jesus said to people that were saved. Did you hear what I just said? To people that were saved, he said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you shall be witnesses, not do witnessing. Do you understand the difference? One is verbal, the other one is living it out. Okay? And he says, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Thank God that's us. They got to Australia. <laughs> okay, all right. But, you know, I, I need you to see something here. They need power before they can be a witness. You don't need power to do witnessing. You can annoy anybody with your mouth. <laughs> okay. But to be a witness is a whole nother deal. That's living out a life that people look at, and your life ministers to them. What happens when you are facing difficulty? Do you run around pulling your hair out? Do you act like everybody else? Or do you stand out from the crowd? Is there something about you that is divine? There is a peace. There is something about you that just knows God's looking after this. I'm going to keep my head up because there's something bigger than me taking care of something that's bigger than me on the outside. But the thing that's taking care of me is bigger than the thing that's on the outside that's bigger than me. Did you all get, did I, everybody got confused, right? Okay, so there's me, and then there's a problem that's big, and then there's God that's bigger, and the biggie thing over here is not as big as the biggie thing over here that's taking care of me that's having to look after the biggie thing over there. <laughs> now that Sesame Street is over, let's get back to this. All right, so... <laughs> we need to, You know, this is the problem that we have. You know, we're trying to deal with things, mountains in our life. You know, this... Oh, this time, Lord, you give me a mountain. Blow it into the ocean. What are you doing singing to it? Whosoever shall say to this mountain, don't sing to it, get rid of it. <laughs> Amen. You need God's power. Amen. See, none of this works without power. I think we've been working with an intellectual gospel. And the Apostle Paul, 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, says this. Listen, we'll, we'll have to stop here. He says this. He says, for the kingdom of God. This is from the New Living Translation. I love this version. He says, for the kingdom of God is not just fancy talk. Let me see if I can uh, persuade you <laughs> to become a Christian. Meals. This is not about fancy talk. Listen. <laughs> he says, he says, the kingdom of God is not just about fancy talk. He says, it is living by God's power. That's the difference. Amen? That's the kingdom. That's what you're going after. That's the way you should be living. It should be the power of God. And it turns up in the quietest ways. I mean, it's there. It does things that you don't even realize. We are looking for the spectacular things when the supernatural is happening constantly in our lives. I, you know, it's amazing, and we'll, we'll come back to this. It is amazing how many things can go wrong in your life and how much power is being used to keep things at bay. You know, as much as you have trouble, you have no idea what else is out there. I think when we get to heaven, we're <laughs> just going to see. It's almost going to be like the shield around us. And a few things got in and we complained a lot. And we had no idea of the masses that couldn't get through. The schemes and the plots and all the things that the enemy was going to throw at you that just got deflected. God said, no. And he kept saying, just trust me. And every time you didn't, a hole appeared. It got through and then you said, why God? Do you hear me? Listen, trust God. Live in the power of His Spirit. Don't just try to do it in your own strength. We are to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. That is something that is available to us. Are you all with me? It is something that is available to us. And I have run out of time. Okay. <laughs> We will, I'm so close to finishing. You know what, can I just go a few more minutes and just finish this? Because I don't want to come back to this next week. All right, just, you all hang on for a little bit longer? All right, strike what I said before. All right, <laughs> let's just quickly look at this because I just want to give you a few scriptures and we're done. Notice again, when we trust God, all these things, he said, will be added to us. What is he talking about? Let's quickly look at Mark chapter 10, verses 29 and 30. Because people think, oh, yes, brother, those are spiritual things. No, no, no. Listen. Remember about the rich young, rich young ruler that came to Jesus? He said, I've done all of these things from my youth. Jesus loved him. And he said, there's one more thing, one thing, one thing that you need to do. Sell everything you have. Follow me. Come be my disciple. I'll show you how to handle money like you've never handled before. You seem to be good with it. Let me show you something else. Except you can't be attached to the things. So you've got to give away what you've been attached to for so long that I gifted to you to begin with. Okay? And so he just turns away and walks away because he couldn't do it. And then Peter says, hey, we did everything. We left it all to follow you. And Jesus said, yes, and you shall be poor for the rest of your life. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they're going to say. Is not what he said. 
He said, verse 29, assuredly, assuredly, hear the words assuredly. Do you all know the word assuredly? Okay. He says, assuredly, I say to you, there's no one who has left house or brothers, or, okay, broken away from these things, all right? Or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels for that reason, not for religion, but for him. Verse 30, who shall not receive a hundredfold in eternity is not what it says. What is the next word? He says, now. Y'all know now? N-O-W. It means right now. What happened to now? Well, it just left. Went quick enough, because now is right now. Now that's past. We're back to now. <laughs> I need you to get this. He says, now. Not in two seconds. He said, right now. Amen? He says, I know. It's going to come as well, okay? But he says, now, in this time, houses and brothers and sisters, watch this, and lands. You can go into real estate. Own many, many houses. Amen? He's saying, listen, this blessing is for now. But he says, uh, with persecutions. Mm, I wish he didn't put that one in. <laughs> and in the age to come, and in the age to come, eternal life, which means you don't compromise anything to live like this. Amen. Proverbs 10.22, very quickly. I just want to give you some of these things. This is what, these are the things that we added to you. Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow. Listen, this is what's so amazing about this. When we get our priorities right, we experience a double blessing. First, we get to walk in the power and presence of God. And secondly, we get to actually enjoy all the things in life without having to spend our whole life getting them. Amen? 2 Corinthians 8, 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Do you see all of this? I'm just giving you some verses here. And why Jesus then finishes by saying, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry. See, he's gone from now to tomorrow now. Tomorrow now. Okay. <laughs> okay. To tomorrow. And he's saying, don't worry about right now. Don't worry about the next day either. He says, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. A couple of quotes here very quickly. Robert H. Mount says, anxiety is pagan in that apart from the knowledge of the true God, there is ample reason to be anxious about many things. Amen. 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 Secondly, Leon Morris says that Jesus reminds us that each day has sufficient trouble to keep us occupied. There's no point in anticipating tomorrow's quota of trouble today. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen. One more. I, I love this one. William Hendrickson says this, when tomorrow arrives, there will be new troubles, but also renewed strength. God has not given us, listen, strength today for tomorrow's difficulties. <laughs> Don't you love that? I love that. It is important to always remember that anxiety does nothing but harm us. And why? The Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Therefore, to live a life that is truly pleasing to God. Firstly, believe God. 
Number two, believe his promises. Number three, live right. First John 1, 9. <laughs> okay? And if you do, Jesus promised that everything you are seeking after that is in God's will shall be added and gifted to you. We're done. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for all your promises. And we thank you, Father, that you help us with this. It's one thing to know it in our head. It's another thing to know it in our heart and to put it to work in our life. And we thank you, Lord, that we're not going to do this in our own strength. We're looking to you. We want to be strong in you and the power of your might in all that we do. We also look for your wisdom and for you also to guide our steps on this journey. We thank you for loving us, for always wanting to bless us and look after us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.